Gold presents Assassin Nanny 911. This is Gary Butterfield. This is Cole Ross. And I'm Zoe. Yeah, and we're here, episode three of the season. Well, let's get to it, you bastards. <laughs> Part one of my goal. As you heard, we are joined by Zoe, uh, who you may know from the Ashes of Ariandel episodes of Bonfire Side Chat. Zoe, mm-hmm. how's it going? Uh, it's good. Uh, since this is my return to your network, I'm trans now. I doubt anybody like remembers me too specifically, so it's cool. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> COVID sucks. Uh, mm-hmm. So that makes life kind of sting. Yes. But I'm super excited to be on your program. Uh, <laughs> the Venture Brothers has a lot of meaning to me, new and recent. Yeah, can you uh, can you speak to that just a little bit? Uh, you know your relationship oh, with the show. <laughs> I've been old and recent, but yes, I can. Yeah, new, new and recent. Yeah. It's a this annual tradition became a, yep. a, a yearly uh, ritual. So I like anybody who thought they were a boy and a nerd at like twenty two ish or twenty or whenever this show came out. Uh, was like, oh, I like nerd things. I guess I like this. And I don't like any of the nerd things in this show. Like, I don't like Star Wars. Uh, I don't like American comics. Um, I guess I kind of get the Johnny Quest stuff because I used to read, like, Tintin. But all the jokes in the show to me are, like, if I recognize as a Star Wars reference, I'm like... Ew. And if I don't recognize this as a Star Wars reference, I'm like, Haha, that's pretty funny. <laughs> um, but I don't know, like something about it. Like I just like had friends at the time who were like, they very much wanted me to know how much they knew about American comics. So like they would just like sort of watch the show and clue me in on it. And I was like, it's pretty funny. Uh, the little boys are so sweet. And the <laughs> um, the necromancer, like once they start bringing in Dr. Orpheus a lot more, I was like, okay, like I get what this show is about. And it's pretty good. But I kind of like fell off, I guess, like after two seasons, maybe. Uh, mm. And it was only like maybe in the last year. It probably was even you guys talking about it that made me watch it again or something in that orbit. Uh, so I just binged <laughs> like oh, a season yeah. three onwards. And I was like, oh, they like made a show, huh? <laughs> <laughs> I thought this was just jokes. <laughs> It eventually becomes more serious than it has any right to be uh, in some ways. Yeah, like I had I had never seen the back three seasons of the show, and I got so into the seventh season that I stopped watching it to start the whole thing over. Oh. By the time I lapped myself, I realized I had stopped on, like, the penultimate episode. Of, oh, wow. Oh, right. So, like, right before the se- series finale. And I was like, fuck, that's like really, that's something. (laughs) And I don't know. I love it. It's something that like, I feel like I wish I had some bros around to share it with, Uh, which is why I'm very happy that I'm on this podcast, actually, because um, 
it's like such a it reminds me so much of my youth probably uh like i feel like this is just so sort of interchangeable with like the space ghost and uh brack not interchangeable these were all taking up the same time slots like yeah. when my roommate had the tv mm-hmm. uh in college uh, but I was like, oh, this one's actually funny. I mean, I guess I like Space Ghost, but I was like, this one has a plot so I can like watch it for more than 20 minutes without yeah. going insane. <laughs> uh, so uh, this is, that's the one that kind of stuck with me as like, oh, I think that's the one I like. Uh, yeah, but it's, it's I really never finished out. it because I was just like, I guess I just forgot it existed at some point and then was surprised like, damn, they kept making that. It is, there's, there's so so much space between the seasons. It was kind of easy to forget forget about for a while. Yeah, I think it was just like I stopped having television after college, like and moved to like the Hulu model and stuff. Mm-hmm. And like when those things stop being like served up to you as the only way you can watch TV outside of DVDs, like yeah, yeah, I, I, I relate. I'm not a, a TV person, and part of the reason why I've had such a good time like revisiting this is because it's like a callback to a time when I was. Mm-hmm. Yeah. More, no, you know? that's and, definitely. And there, was, there was less there. So it felt more manageable. Like right now, I, I you know, I, it's, it's, it's a tired observation to be overwhelmed by the amount of uh, good TV and recommendations out there. But this is, this calls back to a time where I was like, Oh, cool. This and the, the office and Simpsons is still kind of going. <laughs> and uh, C lab. Like yeah. there's just like, you know, nothing really. Reno yeah. 911? That show was funny. I just, you know, it was kind of did not have a lot of things to, to grasp onto. Mm. Um, yeah, we, we're really, really happy to have you uh, on the episode and specifically on this this episode uh, because, you know, we wanted to have this episode. Something that we talked about a little bit uh, on this show is that the Venture Brothers has some gender stuff, you know, for lack of a, 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 a it does, more yeah. inci- you know, precise word. So we didn't want to be the only voices on this episode that introduces uh, one of the major characters, Hunter Gathers, um, just because, you know, I, I have learned that just because something does not trip off my alarm bells, that is not the end of the story. Mm-hmm. So it's good to have kind of some extra perspective on that. Oh, Gary, um, if you forgive me, I may end up reading you. <laughs> but in a kind way. We're all friends here. I, um, I, I appreciate it. Be gentle. But I also think this is, so from my personal experience, um, I feel like I tend to have a lot more energy than the average trans female person specifically for sort of mediating out this bullshit. And I also just have like a lot of connections to people like y'all. Just because I, mm. the gaming industry is so cis. Um, yeah. And yeah. I'm like, I don't know. I mean, I'm like trans butch. <laughs> so mm. I'm sort of occupying a different space in reality than even most kind of trans femme types in gaming. Um, so I felt like I didn't really want to be. I have like a tiny bit of an opinion that I'll get into at some point about Dr. Girlfriend, but like that's not my experience of gender and not really like something that, like you say, Gary, kind of pings my radar. Um, Yeah. But I do feel like the Hunter thing is really interesting and is actually like a story about transness and is one of those very fascinating, like, oh, a cis person wrote this. And it's like, 
hysterical, but it's also mm. kind of real. No. Uh, so I'm like really happy to be given an opportunity to go into that on a show that I also really like. Yeah, that, that that's excellent. Yeah. Um, the way that they, they treat uh, hunter gatherers in the show is definitely they don't do the easiest possible thing. Mm-hmm. You know, they could do like it has a much longer tail and more complexity than than maybe you would think. It, it it takes a while before before even even Hunter like actually steps in and speaks about what what they want right yeah <laughs> like uh, yeah. it's it, it's it's complicated yeah so yeah let's uh, let's get into it it's also this this episode is also full of jokes mm-hmm. uh, <laughs> we're gonna we're gonna talk about <laughs> jokes as well uh, during this this is a funny episode yes. Um, this uh, this episode, di- written and directed by Jackson Public. Uh, I'm starting to get a feel for who wrote and directed what. But mm-hmm. This definitely feels like a public episode. Um, and originally aired on July 9th, 2006. Uh, and this is a, a Brock episode. Yeah. Uh, showing his history, his relationships, and kind of the ways that he has softened and become part of the family. Right. Uh, and the character comes back. Molotov Cocktees, his uh, kind of love interest, his femme fatale. Uh, she returns specifically to kind of comment on Nanny Brock uh, to kind of say like, hey, you have you've lost your edge because you're here, you know, straightening out the boy's hair with your spit like you're their mom. (laughs) (laughs) um, It's it's hard to have edge when you lick your thumb and put it on someone's cheek. (laughs) You know, that's not a very (laughs) like. (laughs) Haven't I guess you I seen can think the, of a the nanny starring Vin Diesel. What's that here? The that guy. I think, yeah, I think, I think you're thinking of like the pacifier. If he takes a bad punch in a Fast and Furious movie. <laughs> yeah, sorry, the that pacifier. That <laughs> I think yeah, the, the nanny was maybe like the Schwarzenegger one, oh, Hulk yeah. Hogan. That's like Mr. Nanny. Yeah, uh, oh. I think it's the Hulk Hogan one. Mm. I, I in my mind, I thought there was a cyborg Fran nanny one too, but <laughs> I guess is... not. <laughs> I was imagining. I think I was getting two different Hulk Hogan movies mixed up. One where he's a nanny, and one where he's a cyborg. Robo nanny. And I was just thinking, yeah. like, the cy- nice. cyborg nanny has played. That's by just Hogan. System Shock too, though. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> hey, hacker. You just blood me. Oh, oh man! Like the fucking uh, Skyrim dragons. No, oh, God! Can you imagine if like somebody just Hulk snuck a, a racist Hulk Hogan mod into oh, that like no. System Shock Two uh, Res Textures pack, and you didn't know, no, and one of them comes storming at you through the dark? How scary those cyborg nursemaids are no. already! Yeah. Dark whereas, yeah. Um, <laughs> Psyops. Well, I'll bring it back. What was that game? The kill Psyops, people the in the arcade. The, the mind gate conspiracy. Oh, oh, the one that killed people. You're talking about um, Polybius. Polybius. Yeah, Poly- Polybius. Oh, yeah. yeah, I'm yeah. bringing that back, but it's just gonna fuck people up with racist old dudes. <laughs> but I guess the only people you would want to fuck up are racist old dudes. So yeah, it's not really too useful. Bad about that. <laughs> Speaking of old dudes, uh, we are introduced to a to a very important character here, uh, Brock's mentor. At the OSI, yep. um, we we alluded to them earlier. Hunter Gathers, who is uh, modeled after Johnny Depp's portrayal of Hunter S. Thompson in Fear and Loathing in Las Vegas, basically for no uh, reason other than uh, other than uh, uh, <laughs> Jackson Public likes likes that portrayal of Johnny Depp or of uh, of Hunter S. Thompson. <laughs> it, 
It's him in, in a, an explicit together. Nick Fury suit. Mm. Yes. Like the outfit. It's like he originally was going to be very Nick Fury, and then they started doing the voice, and it was a little Hunter, and then they mm-hmm. decided to go full Hunter S. Thompson. Well, I love it, um, because that affect allows them to deliver as many jokes as possible, uh, kind of almost as throw, throwaways in a row. Yeah, I mean, and even just the like, the like the like the introduction where like Brock salutes him and he says, "Keep that little John John crap back in Biloxi." Like, yeah, <laughs> I just I it's love very that. Good. It's such a good intro. It's very quick. Yeah. Mm. Uh, the um, it, it's also uh, so you know so for people people who don't know because this is theoretically possible, uh, Hunter S. Thompson uh, was a journalist. Um, who made gonzo journalism, which meant not journalism. Uh, it yeah. meant just kind of doing like fun fiction, fun mm-hmm. stories, like <laughs> vaguely realistic, yeah. trippy fiction. Mm-hmm. Uh, and he was really aggressive. He like, you know, went out and like shot at journalists and stuff yeah. uh, and did a lot of drugs. Uh, and that's Hunter S. Thompson. Yeah. If you um, want to know what he was like, uh, what he wanted done with his remains, he was cremated and he wanted to be fired out of a cannon. Uh, shaped like a uh, 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 a hand with a middle finger sticking out. Yes. So <laughs> that was his uh, his deal. Also, the basis for Spider Jerusalem in Transmetropolitan by mm-hmm. Warren Ellis. Um, also, uh, in I'm what, sorry, what, yeah, <laughs> my man's <laughs> my man's name is Spider Jerusalem. Yeah, yeah, yeah Spider. <laughs> spider. <laughs> Hello, first name Spider. <laughs> um the uh yeah uh, in the book they talk about how this was influenced by a movie called spy game which i'd never heard uh heard of but it's about a spy mentor yes i've seen that you've seen spy game i can tell you everything about spy game starring robert (laughs) redford and bradley pitt Mm mm-hmm the I must have watched that movie like yeah. ten times. <laughs> so, so it, it, is it is it similar? Like, is it the younger spy uh, having to burn no. the older spy? I mean, yes. Okay. It's like Robert. I think it's Robert. I don't know who yeah, actors it's, are. It's, Red, I, it's Redford. Yeah. Okay, so Robert Redford recruits Bad Pitt to be like a super spy, and then they have to like betray each other mm. and have sex with the same woman over time and stuff like that. It's one of those like it takes place over twenty years. Uh, so it's that kind of thing. Hmm. But then at the end, it's like Brad Pitt gets captured in China for some shady black ops shit. And then Robert Redford, like, uh, magnanimously cashes out his CIA retirement fund to, like, fund uh, unsanctioned black op to get Brad Pitt out of the prison. Huh. So it's like a beautiful story of just American <laughs> extranational authority. Oh, yeah. <laughs> just, just, just adventurism. Yeah. So it really yeah. has nothing to do with that except that there's an old spy and a young spy, yes. I guess. But they don't really do that much spy stuff in these movies or in these shows. <laughs> right. Like they do like G.I. Joe spy stuff. Right. Yeah. Right. This is the most spy that Brock gets is like inserting mm-hmm. into this village. Yeah. Uh, later, which, which is, has one of the best visuals in the history of the show. Mm-hmm. Inflatable suit. <laughs> um, the uh, you know, so the uh, public has talked about that as well. He doesn't like the animation in this episode because it took a long time to get the script done, uh, relatable, mm-hmm. such. And in the commentary, the boys start talking about uh, different villains. They start making up villains, which is their superpower. And this is where Holy Diver comes from. Mm-hmm. Who yeah, shows up so, later. Holy Diver and Shore Leave. So, so this is the first time I, I could because you guys talked about commentaries. I like, oh, I should look up the commentary for this one. 
And it's the first time I've ever listened to them. And like one note is that one dude just sounds like Billy. So that's like a little weird. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but I guess it makes yeah. me feel a little less weird about that voice. Because <laughs> um, it's coming out of his mouth anyway. Um, but two, uh, yeah, I was like, what? I'm witnessing the birth of Holy Diver here right now. And they're like describing my reaction to it in real time. And like somebody's going to look at the episode of a or I guess they're mm-hmm. describing like the future person who's going to be like, we're going to set an episode on the sea and they're yeah. going to see a boat and be like, that's Holy Diver. <laughs> it's like, did you, I mean, I don't know if you guys ever watched Battlestar Galactica, but like they have podcasts for that. So oh, yeah. that's yeah. like what I always think of as like at the time it was very much like the gold standard of like, oh my God, a TV show has a podcast mm-hmm. before like The Walking Dead and all that made it. So it was like obligatory to have like a half hour sit down with every actor <laughs> after yeah. every episode. Talking everything. Yeah. So I guess it kind of recalled that to me. I was like, oh, this actually is just like a creator dishing. Like what was so great about the Battlestar Galactic? A podcast was it was like Ron Moore, you know, for better or worse, he's done some good and bad stuff. Uh, turning on a mic in his fucking office from what it sounded like because there's like a fan mm-hmm. in the background half the time and just like blathering for 45 minutes, um, which is what you like to see in a commentary, mm-hmm. and that seems rarer <laughs> now. To yeah, me. it's so overproduced, it's basically they just yeah. turn, turn them into talk shows, yeah, exactly. You guys are so precise. (laughs) (laughs) I bring this kind of energy to the rest of my life as well, infuriating my loved ones. Uh, My 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 intense focus. Oh, I wish you should like you should come over and be a loved one for me for like a couple months and see if we can sort shit out. Like a little podcasting tiger. (laughs) Yeah, just a podcaster nine one one. I have a problem only a podcaster can solve. It's like oh, let's, de- let's you... deploy a chubby bearded guy to <laughs> anywhere on the planet. Your... Like Zappos.com. Yeah. Yeah, shows up at your door with a bag of uh mini Reese's peanut butter cups. Yeah. <laughs> you know, like, so... It feels like you're leading eating less, but <laughs> it's actually three times as much. It's actually end. just more packaging, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Oh man! Uh, but it was interesting to hear them uh, invent Holy Diver and also uh, talk, kind of workshop Holy Diver into the worst episode of the show that would get them canceled. Starring, they said Dean Helper Otto Aquarius, and they would be working against Holy Diver at the bottom of the sea. <laughs> Poor Dean! Poor Dean! So great. cute! I totally <laughs> missed that, and I. I my brain has an incredible ability to elide facts like that. So I was like, "Oh yeah, Dio!" <laughs> like I'd <laughs> forgotten until you said those two phrases in the sequence. That was my like Manchurian phrase to remember <laughs> that episode. Him swinging that fucking sword around. <laughs> it's like, or rather, that music video. Yeah. Uh, Gold, you mentioned the opening of this where we're introduced to, to Hunter. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, Brock reports to him. This is Brock when he's young. I love young Brock with the short hair before he gets power. <laughs> uh, Hunter attacks him, like basically, like this is just him getting his trial by fire. Yeah. 
uh, into this, gets rid of his records and says, you're not in the Marines. This is the OSI. Uh, we've, we know the OSI, the office of secret intelligence. Um, you know, they, we learned that they have been protecting the United States since the, since the second American revolution, the invisible one, mm-hmm. uh, which is great. Just anything... uh, is this also the scene where he says, you should know the president isn't the president. That, 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 like... that's, that's a little bit later. <laughs> it's, later. it's when they're on the roof and they're talking about oh, hypotheticals. Yeah. Like when is it hypothetically okay to kill a woman? Um, yes. Any of the conspiracy stuff, which is where it's just really basic, like kind of on I the level of the Simpsons when it's like, and here's the real number for for nine one one. It's nine one two. Is basically oh. the level that all of the, that all of these conspiracies <laughs> operate on. Well, I mean, there is like a I a mustn't miss line from the dude in the beginning where he's like, "Do you trust me?" or whatever. He's like getting him. He's like, "Are you ready?" Or son and you know what's coming and then he just like wangs him in the fucking shin and i don't watch tv with both eyes so like i watched this episode four times to make sure i actually watched it like Mm in in aggregate uh and i thought he hit him in the balls first so i thought the joke was even funnier but he's like the minute the third caveman was born a conspiracy was hatched against one of them it's just like what Such a, a good, great line good line like good and also just you know lightning quick mm-hmm. like you it almost it happens too quick for you to really start to like think about it mm-hmm. for it to sink in and you think later and you're like oh like you know that that actually is like an ethos like it's not i don't necessarily agree with that but it's like a thing you know it, it advances character yeah you know it's it's relevant dialogue yeah um <laughs> Oh, I mean, and also, like, they're not in a building here. Like, this looks just like a shitty corner office, or, uh, like, you know, closet office kind of thing. No, like, they, they put on jetpacks and the, and the wall flies off. They're in a flying fortress. <laughs> wow, we're not, we're what not going, is this? We're not going to get to see it until much later. Prey? I'm going to scoot past that joke really fast because I don't know if Cole knows that. Prey? Um, no, I played so Prey, dude. It's... Oh, I forgot you played Prey. Oh, yeah. Okay, I would have felt. Okay, I was just bad. like, oh man, yeah. don't don't ruin the Prey for Cole. Uh, uh, just pray for Cole. Don't awful. ruin Prey for Cole. <laughs> <laughs> pray for um, Cole right now. Pray for Cole to forget Prey. We should all be so lucky like so we pray. can replay it. <laughs> um, when we get past the credits, which are just standard credits, um, we get to Brock doing his head lice inspection uh, with the boys, briefing Molotov Molotov cocktails on how to take care of them while he's gone. Uh, were you, uh, were you were you folk lice kids? I was a lice kid. Not to oh myself as disgusting or anything, but I did get lice. <laughs> so Gary, a we knew. Bunch of times. Yeah, it's it's, 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 it's you can tell from your voice. Guppy, anyway. Yeah, you sound, uh, sound lycey. <laughs> <laughs> no, yeah, I can just hear him singing. Oh. It's a it's a myth that lice go after dirty kids. Uh, uh, no, it's uh, I was not a lice kid. Uh, I do mm. I do remember frequent checks though. Um, yeah. yeah, yeah. I guess I'm familiar with the experience. I did not know that's what Brock was doing. No, mm. I thought he because he's it's like an Afro pick. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's what yeah, I think. He's a special comb. Yeah, uh-huh. it's a special comb, but it's not an Afro pick. <laughs> <laughs> a, you could you could I have an Afro think. pick like incredibly tight comb. 
Yeah. It's, yeah. About, it's about the, the, the comb being... Okay, uh, maybe I've just never seen one of these things or I blocked it <laughs> out of my memory. I feel like I'm familiar with the experience, but as I'll go into later, so much of my uh, childhood is interchangeable with, like, whatever sitcoms were on TV. So <laughs> memory is, is what yeah. it is. <laughs> I'm going to, next time we do a convention call, I'm going to see if I can't give you lice. <laughs> just so you have the experience. Where, where are you like, going to get lice from, dude? I got a guy. to just rub... <laughs> Rub the sand real hard. Yeah, yeah. international waters. <laughs> I, I, I'm just gonna oh, uh, headbutt you. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> see, now I'm scared. Like I, I like the joke, and now I. <laughs> oh, I do that to myself several times yeah. a day. Yeah, see, like, <laughs> oh, that's so much worse. It. <laughs> yeah, it's so much scarier. Yeah, uh, just like in the movie The Bay. Oh, uh, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, you know, Molotov has given him shit. Uh, here about him being a nanny wants him to go freelance and he's saying you know uh no you know this is this is actually real like you're saying this is this is clown college mm-hmm. but no this job is dangerous rusty gets a bunch of ha- actually has a bunch of outfits and rusty has a really small part in this episode mm-hmm. uh gets to gets to come up and ask which of his uh, horrible 70s <laughs> outfits looks better I love the thing they go over in the commentary here is that it is just like a failed joke from the start because their budget is so bad <laughs> that the joke is that they're both ter- yeah, terrible 70s nightlife things of velour and Italian knit. Mm-hmm. And like all you have to do is Google Italian knit to understand why that is a workable joke. But as mm-hmm. they point out in the thing, they're like, our animation shit it all just looks like a shirt (laughs) (laughs) shall i wear a shirt or a shirt Mm -hmm. (laughs) but he he undercuts them just a little bit with this uh you know trifling stuff uh brock pulls rusty aside and says hey you know molotov's gonna be taking over for me you know unlike last time when brock went away that was a sabbatical this is like a special mission that he's called back for um, at the mm-hmm. uh, at the OSI, um, Rusty asks Brock, like, "Oh, so is this one of your is this one of your hussies or whatever? Have, have you slept with her?" Brock says, "No, I haven't slept with her." Not explaining the chastity belt thing, mm-hmm. uh, and which I'm, doesn't show up. Nope, in this episode, uh, which is good because most of the people that uh, want to have sex with Maul are very young. <laughs> uh, so it's good, it's good that the chastity belt doesn't show up in this yeah. episode. <laughs> Um, yeah, <laughs> it, it seems like Brock would warn Rusty. Like Rusty says, like I got dibs. Yeah, uh, which is a gross concept, but I think yeah, I think maybe Brock's trying to have him learn a lesson. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know, I think Brock is constantly both trying to have him learn a lesson, and and it also acknowledges the reality <laughs> that Rusty can't practically get himself into that much trouble in mm-hmm. most cases, like with women specifically. I guess like. <laughs> Because of his lack of charm. Yeah. <laughs> uh, even though it does, like, repeatedly happen. But I think that's sort of like the rotating state of denial that fuels the joke. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Uh, I, I really do appreciate their gay dad energy. Uh, it's just, like, so sweet. Like, the big butch one and then, like, the useless reedy little twink. Um, <laughs> or, like, twink. <laughs> I'm sorry. The path to... Funk. There's like one for like, <laughs> you know what I am slowly becoming. Uh, uh, one past their prime, um, uh, or in in the grips of middle age. Uh, hmm. So like he's the, got his pointy little beard now, and so the, the word for for a twink that's past their middle age is twunk. 
No, That's twunk incredible. is oh. is a is part <laughs> like, twink, part hunk. Do you guys not know oh, this? No, this is <laughs> so astonishing to me. I'm inside twenty four hours a day. <laughs> what? No, this is like ancient, my girlfriend hasn't told me about it. I don't know ancient about it. sources. Oh God, I got to give <laughs> you the charts. There's like <laughs> a food pyramid. Send us the source book. Give us the PDF. Okay. So it won't cost you anything. Oh, I would love to. I mean, anytime <laughs> I get the opportunity to. Yeah, um, who's a trans butch twunk yeah. femboy? Teach me whatever on the weekends. Like, I'm no, trying. you got people make these, uh, just elaborate. Try it's like a Venn diagram, but oh. building towards yeah. expressions of gender. Oh. It's a really a beautiful thing. <laughs> uh, I'm but best yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, we all are. Believe me. Um, the. Uh, you know, so the Brock is paying her in count in American jeans, which is very funny, and is the setup for a joke that gets cut later. Like uh -huh. she's stealing toilet paper, and it's just a non sequitur, but that's what this is supposed to be. Yeah, um, it's her her wanting to bring to Russia in these uh, American commodities. Yes. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Hank uh, obviously is uh, is very much in love with Maul and kind of the conflict between Hank and the imagined conflict between Hank and uh, Rusty ends up uh, being kind of the fuel for the B plot of this episode. Mm -hmm. uh, when Brock goes to get his bag out of the X1, a monster jumps out of it, which happens a lot. Uh, this <laughs> is a uh, manaconda slash woman anaconda, uh, which is like a Naga uh, creature. Yeah. Yeah. Before Brock can take it out, Maul cuts it in half, and they're baby snakes. And there's a redeems like, ooh, woman, woman, anaconda. Mm -hmm. Sexual dimorphism. Um, it, yeah. <laughs> foreshadowing. Yeah. yeah. I, I think I think that's probably the idea. I think that they probably intended to do that foreshadowing there. Mm -hmm. um, yeah. And the uh, as Brock's leaving, he's just trying to tell, you know, Maul, you know, he leaves. And while he's gone, Maul takes over. Um, she's just like, listen, you know, once Brock gets back, you won't need a nanny. Right. Like, we're gonna turn. I'm gonna turn you into men. The idea being, uh, she wants to fix this so Brock can go off and go on spy adventures and and you know become actualized because yeah. she does not think that he is. He believes she believes he's being held back by this uh, by this nothing dead end job, right? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so Brock gets into the limo and, and oh yeah. Rusty pops a pill. Rusty does pop oh, a pill. Sure. I'm not going to let that note pass because she's turning them into men. Rusty's oh. popping a pill. That's oh. hormones. Oh. See, the layers are here. You just have to be able to perceive them. Uh, weed helps. Uh, <laughs> uh, that might be one of the last of the pill pops, actually. I don't remember too many of them really? after this. Uh, yeah, that's he, so he funny. Kind of, he kind of gets off pills, but not in a real way. Right. Yeah, he just right. starts doing it, them when the cameras aren't running. <laughs> it, it, it was odd to be sort of watching this show in the third season onwards when y'all were in the first season. Right. And you being like, they're so heavy on the pill popping and like just especially the first episode. Like I just had no conception of how bad it was. Yeah. And it really mm. made me a little sad because like. It's something I've always wanted to get my wife into, and Pills? like I, I mean, listen, um, it's 2021, they and nobody needs help things. getting into pills. Uh, I guess I, I am looking at like seven medication bottles right now. Yeah, oh, yeah. I, I guess I'm into pills. pills I, yeah, I, uh, but like the animation is so bad. Mm -hmm. Like even on mm -hmm. the good suggestion episodes in that first season, yeah, uh, that it's like a real tough. <laughs> like, yeah. and yeah the and like the outrageous pill popping in the early one and like 
rusty. It's like a, uh, it's like the first episode, especially such with the drugs and stuff. It's such more like a, like an extreme Jetsons take on like the humor or something, mm. or even just like a more. It's so much more cartoony, like a Johnny Quest would be. Yeah, I think. Yeah, it's just like like hornier and like <laughs> grosser, but it's like tonally uh, basically like the like pace and the vibe is kind of like and the emotions are in line with like a Johnny Quest episode. And I feel like you might have said this on like the last episode or two people in this world, Rusty and Dean don't aren't in on the bit basically or like they're not pretending are done with it. Mm -hmm. Um, And that like cynicism is so much different in the first episode uh, Mm -hmm. versus like even now, but like, this show I feel like really takes off after the second season. So like what a bummer to stop watching yeah. for young me. <laughs> but yeah, I guess yeah, it's yeah, their gotta, own gotta, fault gotta for taking seven, seven years of season. <laughs> yeah, and that's it's easy it's an easy show to quit actually. Yeah. Like, I wouldn't have wanted to do the show uh if they weren't this far into it. Like yes. we, we started the idea for the show before the cancellation. And my thinking was if there's gonna be a season eight, it'll at least be there by the time we get done, by the time right. we catch up. You know. Um, we, we cut over to Brock, uh, you know, taking a limo, uh, and he's taking a break from Operation Rusty's Blanket, uh, <laughs> aka Orb, aka the show. Yeah. Um, and there's a little spy guy trying to give him, uh, you know, Bond stuff. Yeah. Uh, and th- this, this is great. This is very cute. Like, don't you want to even ask what it does? Like, the guy is so into being, uh, yeah. Gizmo, Cosmo. What's being the name key, of the Q, Q. Q. Okay. I was trying to remember what the name of the ga- gadget guy was. Yeah. Bond, James Bond's Bond. best friend, Gizmo. I was getting confused with the Punisher's version of this, which is microchip. Ah, gotcha. Um, It's like such me with every modern video game. It's like, don't you want to know what happens if you push Y and B while you hold right bumper and then zoom in? Like, even my favorite game of like the past five or ten years, like Hitman, even does that. And it's so good that I can stand it. But every other video game, like all the like, Batman follow-ups like uh, are so uh, complicated uh, where it's just like, don't you want to hit 700 buttons to play this game? And I'm like, no, I want to walk in a straight line and pick up garbage. (laughs) (laughs) And sometimes have to shoot like two guys. Yeah. (laughs) Maybe two. Yeah. (laughs) But Brock is dismissive of all of the gadgets. Uh, He's on the knife. Yeah. His K-bar knife is all that he needs. Uh, And he gets the mission. He finds out who the, quote, Mm. client is, his target. Uh, It is a rogue agent, Hunter Gathers, uh, saying he was the second closest thing to a father I ever had. And his hand was like, bummer, Mm. because we need him dead. Yeah. (laughs) I love love that guy. I love this little nerd. Yeah. Um, The reason why they need him, you know, so he stole agency money, $40 million. Uh, He knows all these secrets, and he has the agency's top plastic surgeon. So the idea being he's going to change his identity. He's going to get away with all these secrets and be a huge, you know, intelligence liability. Um, you know, the, the suit says it's, you know, they've been, it's been an honor, uh, meeting you, Brock Sampson, jump out, uh, as the limo goes onto a dock and goes underwater, uh, <laughs> to be picked up by a sub for like Colonel Swallows or Admiral <laughs> Swallows or something. We'll pick him up. <laughs> yeah. It just, yeah. Uh, the, uh, like when the driver jumps out, like, so the driver jumps out and then Brock, instead of panicking, just buckles his seatbelt so he can careen That's off right. and then just calmly wait for the pressure to equalize. <laughs> 
Yeah, very no, good. it's very good. It reminds it reminds me of that like classic Simpsons bit that just keeps going, where like the the steam truck. I don't know what construction is called. Drive the steam truck driver drives into the subway. He's like laughing at Bart because Bart sold his Oh, yeah, oh yeah. And he's <laughs> yeah. like, he's like uh-huh. street sweeper. Yeah. This yeah, keeps going. Right. Yeah. And uh, he like, it's just like, you know, it's one of those things where like four separate jokes in five <laughs> seconds. So it's like, even watching it today, I, I still was like kind of a bit on the edge of seat of like oh like okay so that one guy jumped out oh, oh, okay the other guy jumped it's, out <laughs> it's just it's just so dense yeah uh and me just being like huh i wonder like just how they play it is nice i like um yeah. and keeps you like sort of guessing and builds a nice bit of suspense in this show that like didn't have any good animation until last episode <laughs> i feel like because i watched a bunch of the old stuff in preparation mm. for this and i was like "Ooh, yeah like there's one good fight scene in episode two <laughs> there's the the animation is finally finally to the point where they can confidently use it to convey jokes outside of dialogue yeah which yeah. is rad yeah <laughs> like, yeah it's kind yeah. of one of the points of being a being a, a cartoon yeah, <laughs> yeah. big points Instead yeah. of just yeah. having them all do that like odd waddle from the first episode, like <laughs> shuffling all in a straight like they're walking line, up the like, stairs in Maniac Mansion, yeah, like bobbing <laughs> up and down, like yeah. yeah. Um, the uh, uh, you know, as this Brock as he's waiting, he flashes back to learning to swim, um, in this training facility below Mount Rushmore, and Hunter is teaching him to swim. Like he's like, I can't swim, is you haven't been properly motivated yet. Uh, throwing grenades into the pool, <laughs> um, you know, which is the 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 plus, and then releases a, a shark and frogmen uh-huh. uh, who Brock is able to kill. If you want to see Brock fight a shark, it happens this episode, uh-huh. which is nice. Yeah. Um, and Brock gets on the submarine and learns a little bit more. Hunter was last surveilled in Macronesia. That is such a good uh, as, joke. Yeah. Yep. Yep. Um, and Brock is eating a lobster, uh, which it? I love this, like, you know, again, the high life of the spy. Stuff. <laughs> oh, right. Yeah. Good yeah. point. I, that <laughs> yeah. slipped my mind. Yeah. He's like living it up in this super cool submarine. He's bond. Wearing, he's wearing a tuxedo. Like, yeah. And, and he can identify the white wine that he gave. Oh, is that a 69? <laughs> I mean, no, it's a 68. Yeah. <laughs> That happened to me once coming back from Italy because my wife had this birthday as the uh, check-in lady. So I got bumped up to business class. Uh-huh. Mm. And I got to tell you, they really do treat you like that. Ooh. Like, you it's not real. Like a businessman. Plain wine. I do. I felt, I was like, <laughs> look who's a big boy now. I just <laughs> lean back in this seat. <laughs> it's like $1,200. Yeah. Oh, it's it, insane. They, they should do you, everything for you. Uh-huh. It uh, should be illegal. <laughs> yeah. Like, they should give you a pass that counts to pay for your rent. Why am I awake for this spend that much flight? money on a single thing. <laughs> and I'm six foot three like <laughs> the worst thing in the world to me is air travel and i still can't comprehend it yeah do, do some surgery on me while i'm out please yeah like, no make, exactly just, like yeah. nip off a couple skin tags or something <laughs> please especially now with covid you don't want to be flying around other people anyway it might as well no. be like in a sterilized space mm-hmm. yeah absolutely yeah, do like they do with Brock. Fire me in a missile across the country. I love it. I love yeah. when people get shot in a missile. They did it to Solid Snake. Worked yeah, out yeah for him. Solid Snake. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Except Solid um, Snake didn't have this fat boy suit. No. <laughs> no, no oh man, God, the suit. This is I, so cute. What am I? I don't know why that's not a reaction gif. <laughs> uh, oh, it's a little bit God, later, but where right? he inflates into a sphere with Brock's head that just goes. Vzz. 
Zips across the the ocean. Outboard motor on the ass of the suit. (laughs) It's amazing. I would love to. It'd be fun too. Like that'd be Uh fun to swim around in. You know. And it is Um, the like childishness of this show that I really prefer. Yeah. Where it's just like sometimes something is just kind of silly. Uh huh. uh, And not really predicated on anything. (laughs) And like it's still cool, or like it's still. Fits into the cool guy canon, yeah. uh, which is what I like about this show. Sometimes it gets a little gay, like, <laughs> like putting in their big tough guy in a like roly poly ball and setting him zooming across. <laughs> Gary, you had a you had a tweet that, uh, recently where he's like, "When it comes to fun, dumb is hard to beat." Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> no uh, dumb fun is real good. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> so. um, we cut back to the compound. Uh, here, where Molotov's training is just firing Uzi at, Uzi at the feet <laughs> of the Avenger Brothers yeah, who are running down great. screaming serpentine. Like, God, like it's the in-laws. Oh, anything yeah. that reminds me of the in-laws. That's a fucking good movie. Um, the, <laughs> and she she has the boys fight each other, like in Akumite. They get in Karate Kid uh-huh. outfits. Uh, you know, specifically. Um, Dean downs Hank, and Hank stabs Dean's foot with a pencil. <laughs> which is just incredible. It's horrifying, like absolutely horrifying. The amount of blood. <laughs> that's like a TV tropes, like not. Uh, isn't there's like a not even a, a child fear. It's like the inverse mm-hmm. of adult fear. It's like I probably thought about that from like age six to age thirteen. Oh, with, oh yeah, anything with feet. Like I was basically, I was basically born being told, "Hey, don't step on a nail because they get lockjaw." Right. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I was so scared of lockjaw as a kid. Oh. I'm still scared <laughs> um, of lockjaw now. <laughs> the, uh, the you know, so this is happening. They fight, and Maul, you know, is like good improvisation, but you aren't up to weapons training yet. <laughs> um, yeah, really, really good. Uh, Dean passes out, and Maul says, "You're not done yet." Pin him, uh, <laughs> uh, which is incredibly good. Um, oh. and uh, an alarm goes off, mm-hmm. uh, so Maul calls Brock just to see what's going on. Uh, he, he this is like this. This reveal is really good. Uh huh. Where she's, you know, he's like, "What is a mall?" And she's like, "You neglected to tell me that we were built on the ancient Indian burial ground." Because of course, and it there's is. just tons of ghosts of indigenous people mm-hmm. uh, charging. They pan around, out, charging around, just, just like dozens horses. of them. Yeah, yeah, ghost horses. <laughs> and I love the casualness of Brock just being like, "What you're gonna want to do?" <laughs> Just call Dr. Orpheus next door. <laughs> like if the sink starts leaking, yeah, you're going to want to go back yeah. to the main turn off. <laughs> yeah. You want to call the, the gas company if you smell anything funny. I, uh, same isn't kind of it just thing. like a fucking landlord to expect <laughs> yes. that out of their tenant, though, isn't it? Oh, uh-huh. you know how you have a kid, you have a ranch, you can come up and fix my sink. Oh. Bitch. <laughs> Dr. Orpheus has his uh, tights on from Uniqlo, and he's got a big bag of, like, caramel corn. And he's trying to sit down in front of the TV and watch The Bachelor yeah. with Triana. Uh, <laughs> and then they're like, yeah, come exercise with these Apaches. That's fucked up. <laughs> <laughs> I pay you rent. <laughs> like, <laughs> we're not friends, even though Dr. Orpheus does want to be friends. So the, yeah. that's what the joke is predicated on. But <laughs> I imagine a strong, independent Dr. O who gets what he deserves. Yeah, he's, he's powerful. He's a, he's a necromancer. Come on. You know, 
he gets there a little, <laughs> at least. Oh, I, I love Dr. Orpheus's explanation because like, oh, how could he forget about this? It happens every year. Oh, it's it was because of a, a leap year and the Apaches didn't have those. <laughs> <laughs> so that's why it was off by a day. I love oh. that. Um, so the uh, Dr. O goes to kiss Maul's hand and Hank pushes him off because Mm -hmm. you know Hank has this crush Um, Rusty comes up and offers to split a bottle of cooking sherry with her fucking vile the the Rusty drinks stuff I can't wait until that starts happening I love it I love it I love when stuff does gross stuff and like the, the stuff they commit to him which is not only like that sort of little kid like throw every condiment in a jar vial but also yes. just the yeah. literally undrinkable or poisonous mm-hmm. like cooking sherry is not like palatable no nope. no it's not food no. <laughs> so I, it's just like a beautiful like i love the idea of like yeah them the two of those guys writing this episode sort of like grabbing stuff off the kitchen shelf of their mind <laughs> until they've settled upon like the perfect, like technically alcoholic, technically potable beverage. <laughs> <laughs> Later they they do big things with this. Like Rusty's Ooh, yeah. drink recipes are big one of my favorite thing. Ketchup big, and Coca-Cola. You know, <laughs> yeah, yeah Mocolata coolers and stuff. I would love in, <laughs> just like, a hint to... of tall glass of grenadine in japan they do like <laughs> theme cafes for like basically every video game that's really popular so you can like go to final fantasy cafe or dragon quest cafe and get like whatever kind of themed foods from that thing and i would love to go to like a new york pop-up like single night venture brothers oh, thing. <laughs> i love that uh, you know so dr o is gonna gonna have the sherry um, we cut over to the boys. Uh, Dean collapses in the bed with his bleeding foot and Hank is starting to pull down his posters of athletic, small women, um, <laughs> Danica Patrick and Mary Lou Retton. Yeah. Um, and man, the, the, I'm glad you pull out this line Cole, because he, you know, Dean's like, Oh, you're pulling down, you know, even Danica Patrick. He goes, maybe you'll understand when you're older. You know, so I'm only four minutes younger than you. Well, maybe in four minutes you'll understand. <laughs> uh, that is such a, that's so clever. Yep. I love One that so much. One of the greatest Dean lines. Um, <laughs> I am such a kindred spirit with Dean as a similar sweet young boy uh, <laughs> who has to retreat into a fantasy world to cope with their reality. Uh, so I just really like, I, I did, I having rude so much, like the missed opportunity to get in on two best Dean lines in the first season <laughs> uh, or the ones that like really establish what's going on in Dean's brain <laughs> um, or sorry, Dean, Hank, Hank, yes. Hank, Hank sorry, Hank, I keep saying Dean, <laughs> uh, Jesus, Hank's the one I like. I mean, Dean's a sweetie pie too, but he's, he's a little wood boy. Yeah. <laughs> uh, just like, I totally get that. And this is such a good crystallization of that feeling of that age. <laughs> Of like, mm-hmm. and especially because they followed up with the pubic hair thing. Of course, when Dean asks him, "Oh, you got your pubes?" and he's like, "A gentleman never asks in a hotel." Like, <laughs> it's not. It's not an expression. No, no. Uh, it, he, he says it like it's a he's real thing. Cobbled together from fiction and reality because nobody's raised him. Yeah, and so yeah. he says it, and it makes sense in his head. Uh-huh. And people have to tell him that it doesn't. Mm-hmm. And <laughs> speaking from experience, uh, that's a traumatic <laughs> process. Better start it early. <laughs> um, 
So I have a lot of love for Hank and that four minute bit is so yeah it's, it's just like yeah it's good it's like preserved in glass for me just a feeling <laughs> like of that kind of joke. age like, and is... they do they pointed mm-hmm. out which is ha- happy to listen to the commentary mm-hmm. uh mm-hmm. i don't know which one is which but whoever wrote the joke the other guy is like that the cadence of that is so good i thought you lifted it from somewhere mm-hmm. <laughs> like they were like i thought you like it was from an old sitcom or like a bit like a why the tomato crossed the road or something <laughs> yeah and it's like mm-hmm. nope straight from the dome they're like yeah that's really god i this, just love hank hank I just, just hank's, sweet boy hank's concept of what it means to grow up like how any yeah. of this works it's beautiful. Yeah. Like, uh, stay there forever. <laughs> uh, the, we, uh, you cut over to Brock. He does the, the awesome inflatable suit thing, <laughs> which you mentioned earlier. Um, he lands on the beach, uh, in his speedo and, uh, talks to a, to a woman who, who lives there, does the code phrase exchange. And of course, you know, he's like, we all have to kill some time before night, nightfall. And she pulls out a six pack and takes off her top again, James Bond mm-hmm. stuff. You know, James Bond had sex with a wide varietal of women, <laughs> uh, some of which were double agents. Yep. And some of which were damseled. Yeah. Uh, and never the twain shall meet. Well, the, you, you, um, usually, usually two. Usually one's a damsel. Usually one's uh, one's a villain. Yeah. 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 Why not have both? Yeah. <laughs> um, the next morning, Hank uh, brings breakfast to Maul in bed and uh, wakes her up and she strangles him uh-huh. out of reflex. So this is, this is, you know, serious times. This is not funny for the super fun show. Uh-huh. Uh, my dad did that to me once. What? Uh, yeah. Uh, like grabbed my neck because he was like super drugged out. And I woke him up. Oh, <laughs> he got God. real mad at me. Yeah. I didn't, it didn't hurt me, but uh-huh. I was like, I was, you know, my dad was around. So it was dad time. So I was like 11 or something. Right. He scared the shit out of me. And it was exactly <laughs> like this. Like, yeah. you know, it's really fucked up. Um, uh-huh. <laughs> and he was like, don't startle me. And I'm like, no, you know, I, I mean, I wish yeah. I would have been like, you know, sir, I am 11, which is always <laughs> what I wanted to, to you know, go back and tell Didn't him. Didn't we all? Yeah. Sir, <laughs> Just, you know, I'm, I, 11. I'm actually, I'm 11. I, you know, I'm, I'm 11. I'm not a man. Yeah. I don't, I don't need to remember not to scare my dad by I'm waking him up when he's sleeping on the capable couch. capable of startling you. Yeah. 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 You, you have nothing to fear from me, father. Yeah. Um, you should expect to be yeah. woken up when you have a child. Uh. Yeah. You know, you know, and it's like, I know I'm 11. I know I'm a big boy. You know, but come on, man. Yeah. Um, you think you are, Gary? You think you are? Yeah, yeah. You Not got yet. a lot of Someday. growing to do. Someday. Uh-huh. Someday. Little boy. Hope to be a big boy. Um, why does Hank have a Chippendales outfit? Because it's his conception of what the sexiest thing he could wear is. <laughs> why do you see Like, have he's it? trying to seduce. Oh, why does he have him? it? Huh? Yeah, like, they have costumes. They have okay. a whole costume uh-huh. closet. Okay. <laughs> they do. <You> know. Um <laughs> oh man i just just he did he's just no shirt in that collar uh it's ridiculous uh brock rings uh to check in on them on the computer communicator watch uh rusty takes over kind of talking about the plans he's got with uh he's he's got with maul uh which includes taking the coupons that he got out out of the out of the paper he stole from Doctor Orpheus, oh, I borrowed yep, a Sunday double paper. Coupon. That's right, double coupons. <laughs> like, He's going grocery shopping. Yeah, <laughs> I love it. I fucking love when Rusty is a little snit in ways that like nobody can perceive. It's <laughs> yeah. like so perfect how petty how his pettiness is mm-hmm. like adjusted. It just he, he is so proud of it too. Like, yeah. Uh, yeah. 
Ooh, we're gonna we're gonna really go live it up. Uh, <laughs> so uh, back in the island, Brock you know sighs and looks through his binoculars, and we get a flashback to uh, it's twenty years later this time, as opposed to twenty one. He's on a mission with um with 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 Hunter. Uh, and they're on a rooftop in Paris, and they're dressed up like stereotypical French people. Uh, Hunter is dressed up like a woman, like stereotypical French, like striped dress and all of that, mm-hmm. beret, all that deal, uh, looking uh, into a hotel room through a sniper rifle. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And this is, you know, the, like, Brock's saying, why don't we just do it? And Hunter explains the rule, like, no women, no children. Mm-hmm. It's what makes us, you know, better than than the criminals. Um, and Brock starts throwing hypotheticals at him. You know, this is where, you know, he says, what about if a, a woman killed the president? And he got to say, you know, the president's not the president anyway. Mm-hmm. And he lists all these hypotheticals and we get, is this the, uh, this is not the first uh, non-specific Dracula. Um, no. That's when Dr. Orpheus first appears. Mm-hmm. Um, but what if there's a lady Dracula? And I love that Hunter S. Thompson takes it seriously. Uh-huh. <clears throat> Nosferatu. Undead. <laughs> not technically alive. Also, also fictitious. Fictitious. Yeah, that's <laughs> really, like, really good. With your bros stuff. Yeah. <laughs> if somebody's willing to kind of parlay with you on that. <laughs> Gonna meet you here. I'll play along for this. Also, like many girls of their generation, hunters into cross-dressing. Yeah. So it's like yeah. a nice little bit of foreshadowing. Um, <laughs> yeah, there's a surprising amount of that uh, mm-hmm. in this episode. You know, um, I noticed that. And I do think that's, you know, I do think that's, I'm sure that's intentional. Oh, yeah, it has mm-hmm. to be. Like, uh, yeah. You know, if if for it to be unintentional, it would have to be like spread across multiple episodes and they would have had to have yeah. to have had a chance to forget it. This feels like it was written to pointing to the reveal. Oh, yeah. 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 Um, going back to the compound, uh, Mal has the boys in the outdoor pool. Uh, Hank is doing laps and <laughs> Dean, you know, is, doesn't think he has to train. She says, you know, just because you're injured doesn't mean you have to train and gives them the Gru uh, Spetsnaz <laughs> yep. uh, manual. <laughs> Special forces. <laughs> and, yeah, Russian Russian special forces are uh, pretty dark. I love that all the commentary. One of them's like, "That's a real thing." <laughs> I knew about that. It's like such a little nerd boy thing oh, to be like, "Oh, I knew about the groom manual." <laughs> <laughs> but it is really cute that she's like, "Get up to chapter four by lunch." <laughs> it, it's horrible. Like it's just a like, really really tricky kind of thing. I also I would read the groom manual. Oh, yeah. curious as to what kind of horrible things are in that. Yeah, Ooh, I don't know. I I've, just like I yeah. think my I've, too I've, vivid. I've read like old <laughs> old uh, CIA uh, like interrogation manuals and stuff like that. It's pretty fucked up. Wow. Yeah, yeah, fucked up yeah. stuff. Yep. Yeah. Not looking to <laughs> I, join the GRU or anything. No, 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 no awesome. of course I just, not. Uh, I think know. for me, I think my closes on a lot of that stuff. Past like, yeah, mm. like mm. we know it's bad. <laughs> the deep debate me anymore. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but we all have our outlets for that. Mine are like so if like a like a like a wolf girl was like wounded in a sexy way. <laughs> <laughs> then, then you that's like about my it? equivalent. Yeah, yeah. yeah. What if the what if the, the Spetsnaz or the CIA were say interrogating a wolf girl? Can we can we meet in the middle? Uh, <laughs> yeah, is she like really sassy and do they have like a past <laughs> love interests that couldn't <laughs> be rekindled because they're from warring opposing nations after Pax. a long cold Pax, war etc <laughs> uh, etc et uh, Berlin I uh, don't know a word for in any other language <laughs> that I can or at least not German anyway I'm sorry <laughs> no, no, no. Uh, so Rusty uh, tries to hit on Mall again 
uh, and she fights him off yeah. you know, as, as her thing kicks him and knocks him into the wall, uh, <laughs> breaking down the paneling. Um, I love this rumpus room. I love a rumpus room mm-hmm. in general. You know, we talked a lot about how the compound is designed in a mid-century way that appeals. It does. Um, <laughs> and we get uh, Triana coming over with another first appearance of Kim, mm-hmm. Triana's friend, which doesn't seem that notable. Kim doesn't get tons of lines in no. the show. But Kim is kind of amazing because she's one of the only characters who shows up entirely from outside this world. Mm-hmm. Like, even Dermot, who is kind of positioned as that kind of character, eventually starts showing some ties yeah. to it. Like, Kim is an absolute civvy. Mm-hmm. You know, and just like Triana is is already pretty close, but just the idea of bringing in like an outside observer mm-hmm. who is just absolutely just from the normal world. Uh, Dean confides in Triana. <laughs> she, she's from the outside. She can probably go and get help uh, saying she's killing us. He does not want her <laughs> was, to know. His, his shorts, his uh, swim trunks are all full of water as well, uh-huh. which is really observed. Yep. The way they get all poofy when he gets out. <laughs> he's just like, oh, yeah, swim trunks. <laughs> um, uh Conveniently, the pool has a window that goes into the rumpus room. Mm-hmm. So Hank gets to see uh, Rusty talking to Maul, and he has blood on his collar, but he thinks it's uh, lipstick. So he gets very jealous and screams and passes out. Um, Rusty at this, I love Rusty, uh, his practicality when he moves on. Yeah. <laughs> from something. Like he's not, you know, he's like, he, he gave it the old Rusty try. And then he's just like, well, she threw me into a wall. Yeah. Uh, you know, so hey, can you tell me if those Russian mail order rides are legit? <laughs> Rusty, um, is, Rusty just, is the worst kind of like uh, turnstile. What do you call it? Rotate revolving door. Sex app <laughs> yeah, user. It's yeah. just like a yeah, couple yeah. days hits you up. Hey, morning. <laughs> uh, it's like, yeah, I guess. I guess that works for your brain. I don't know how you do it. <laughs> uh, this is so creepy. But like yeah, he's he's pretty gross. I, yeah. This is pretty pretty nasty. This is the kind of thing that like crank movies would be made of. Yeah. Later. <laughs> Uh, is because well, he, yeah. Well, it's the, the the line where he asks about the Russian mail order brides. Obviously, Molotov's mm-hmm. from from Russia, uh, but horrifying. He says because those Chinese ones are a racket. The damn thing was already dead when the crate finally showed up. Yeah, we're, we're referring to this dead woman as the damn thing. Like, yeah, come on, dude. Yeah, but I think bad Rustyism. I yeah. think it's just it's putting too much in Rusty's mouth for me, yeah. and it's such a fine line, especially as someone like with an abusive dad. Like, mm. yeah. I do get a bit of catharsis out of this show in the way he is portrayed as sort of like very specifically abusive, but enfeebled. Yeah. Um, mm. So, like, I feel like that just sort of steps over that line and kind of hurts the characterization for me yeah yeah it would have been fine just him switching to russian mail order brides Mm -hmm. that feels really well observed that's like a mildly creepy joke in the but it's in a cartoon like so like like rusty would do that yeah you know he's not so cavalier about human life the, the the line exists somewhere between contemplating human trafficking and having attempted human trafficking and also being accessory to murder, murder by postal system, <laughs> like yeah. somewhere in between those, also like that. it's probably a bit too much. <laughs> All those soldiers in the postmaster general's army <laughs> <laughs> provided murder by postal system. Oh God. Um, you know, Dean notices that Hank is floating in the pool floor, uh, gets Maul's attention um, and Maul is like giving Rusty shit about how he treats Brock. Like, you know, he says something like, maybe I'll ask Brock to do this. And she's like, ask him, you know, every moment that he lets you live is a gift. 
Yeah. Well, um, no, she 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 lights up a cigarette, and he's like, "Oh, I only let I only oh, yeah, allow, allow Brock Brock to smoke outside." Is like allow you don't allow him yeah. to do anything. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah. Uh, so yeah. This giving... is all great. Like Rusty being confronted with the real stuff. Yeah. <laughs> She ends up giving uh, Hank CPR uh, the great, you know, great delivery, like Ugh, milk breath. Um, but, you know, this is a classic CPR as mistaken uh, for kissing, mm-hmm. which only happens in TV shows because uh, in real life you're blowing air into somebody's mouth. Yes. And that, that'd be an uncomfortable. That's a weird way to kiss. Yeah. Also, you know? it's CPR. CPR usually involves cracking somebody's ribs. Yeah, chest compressions. Yeah. Not like rom- the most romantic thing in the yeah. world. You know? <laughs> it's just r- r- rhythmic, very specific hugging. Yeah. <laughs> Using the ground for leverage. Laser focused hug. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, the, uh... Oh. So, so Hank is obviously turned on by this. Um, and uh, he, you know, Dean says the Apaches are back because you have a teepee in your trunk. Trunks. Uh, this is, is this meant to be Hank's first boner? Because he's, he seems pretty alarmed by it yeah well he, he thinks that his pants are haunted so it's weird uh, that a six uh, it's just getting your boner into 16 <laughs> yeah i mean you can explain a lot of things with the fact that they're clones and have spotty memories yeah but like it does feel like it's pushing the envelope like they're already really like unprecocious like mm-hmm. they're mm-hmm. like precocious 10 year olds that are 16. Right. Uh, so I feel like that is a good bit, but like mm. having it to the point where he's like, ah, what are voters? Like it, it <laughs> is like a boy feeling, I guess, but they're talking about not having pubes at 16. Yeah. Yeah. So that's what a age lot. are you very aware of pubes, but not so aware of like a boner? <laughs> that's you know, they tend also to go, true. It's a package deal. Yeah. Uh, you know, like you, t- you, t- you, t- you, t- you tend to, you know, in for, for, for a boy at the time in life, I mean, if I think back to myself, that I became aware of them around the same time. Yeah. You know? So, yeah. <laughs> uh, it's just for a joke, though. Just for jokes. Yeah. So, yeah just AKA. Um, we go back to uh, Brock uh, getting ready to leave his tent. Um, he thinks that the native woman is dead. Uh, he can't wake her up. Um, she has uh, written on her stomach, no more secrets, H. But as he gets to leave, she's actually okay. Yeah, yeah. Um, but this is to motivate him. Like, oh, Hunter broke his one rule. Like, he killed a woman. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's definitely gone off the deep end. Right. So we need, you know, he, he is absolutely rogue. He needs to be dealt with. He's not the person that I knew. So I'm okay, you know, doing violence to him. Um, mm-hmm. uh, back in Brock's room, um, Maul is kind of broken in and it kind of reveals how sentimental uh, she still is about him. Like she's smelling his pillow and stuff like that. Um, yeah. And gets kind of mushy when she sees that he has kept her eye. Yes. <laughs> in a jar on, uh, his, or- on his nightstand. <laughs> originally they were going to show this uh mm-hmm. and then they couldn't they're just like i couldn't do it it's fucking gross yeah yeah uh you know and uh good you know, that's, <laughs> yeah you know, i don't need to see a woman's eye be pulled out even if she is an assassin rough like, spot of kill bill yeah, yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. um so uh he goes back to the paris mission uh where they first meet um, and they were like, and it's not actually where they first meet. They actually uh, wreck on this. Yeah. So it's gotta be a second meeting. Um, but they're, they start making out um, and she, she hops up like doing the, uh, you know, he's a big, strong man and he's just straight carrying her mm-hmm. uh, until she makes, he, he tells her to leave the shoes on. Mm-hmm. Uh, he likes it with the boots on and she uh, smiles and sighs come off her boots and she stabs him in the 
kidneys, basically. Yeah, yeah. Um, horrible. Wow. Yeah, yeah. Sticks sticks him in the flank and then pins him to the bed with more size. Yeah. <laughs> like, and does a totally rad backflip match light off the ceiling. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Yeah. Until later, Which I guess even no. Brock echoes by saying, fucking incredible. <laughs> it's fucking incredible. <laughs> like, he can't handle it. Oh, yeah. I guess you're doing a lot yeah. better job. <laughs> I did not oh, no, that was, not, that, was a, that, was a, that was me trying to do, like, 20. That was, like, 21. That was, that was a bad <laughs> impersonation. But... He, he's he's really exasperated. Like he's just like, wow, yeah. totally wowed. <laughs> Good form. Um, mm-hmm. <laughs> we're cutting back and forth between a bunch of stuff here now. Uh, in the present day, uh, Maul is not the only one who's uh, who's smelling stuff. Hank, I mean, this is pretty creepy. He like he gets a mm-hmm. he, he really dips a snoot into her high into her thigh highs. <laughs> <laughs> like, yeah, and he, he like, sh- yeah, he, he, he shudders. <laughs> and uh, the, that was a trap. I have it. <laughs> <laughs> the, 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 the blade pops out and uh, nicks him, and it has a, a hallucinogenic poison in it. Yes. Yeah. Uh, and now we enter into the trippy ending that is a tribute to the doors and Apocalypse Now. <laughs> yep. Uh, kind of surprisingly. Mm-hmm. Um, I love the fantasy he has with, with Maul coming up and telling him what he wants to hear. Like, kill your father. You know, uh-huh. if you want to be with me. He's a big old duty head who wants me all to himself. <laughs> and when she reveals her breasts and there's the two Hanks, <laughs> it's one of my favorite moments in, in this episode in the show. They're like, kill, kill Pop. Kill Pop. Kill Pop. Kill Pop. Kill Pop. <laughs> uh, Wonderful image. Yeah. Very funny. So having seen this hallucination, his own head on his crush's breast, uh, uh, we're fully in the apocalypse now kind of section. He grabs a sword off of the wall uh, and marches resolutely to a sound alike of the end. You know, we get the organ music there. Um, and this is yeah. intercut with Brock uh, sneaking to the temple where uh, where uh, Hunter's being held, he thinks. Yeah, th- this part kind of goes on for a bit. Yeah. You know, it, it's like, it's not, there aren't really jokes in this. It's just like a trippy, you oh, know, it's I love it. Oh, gosh. Um, Maybe it's all the yeah. drugs, but I'm like so <laughs> into it. The like, I love, uh, I lo- this is the sort of movie reference I can get really into. I am like crazy for the idea of Hank in the pussy mind control, uh, <laughs> like convincing himself he has to kill his lurching. I feel like his voice acting in this part is so good. The, the voice and, acting is really good. Yeah. And the animation is kind of bad, but kind of in a good way at parts. Mm-hmm. Like when he's doing all those poses, when he's like, I want to kill you. Come on, baby. <laughs> and like, like grabbing his crotch yeah. and arching his back <laughs> and then falling to his knees, sobbing as like the organ music is Blaring. It's like so good. Yeah. Uh, Maul tries to stop him. You know, says, Father, I want to kill you, Mama. I ah, like literally just doing from, from the end. Um, we mm-hmm. see kind of in shadow silhouette Hank going crazy and slashing at his father, who is not revealed to still be alive until uh, until the uh, post credits. Mm, yeah. Uh, it's a fake sword. <laughs> um, I love that getting, too. That's such a Venture yeah, Brothers Mache. thing. It's a fucking toy sword that he left on his bedroom because he's a dumbass kid. It's just so cute. Like I love when they just let the boys be cute and stupid. Yeah, I, lo- I like, like that in all cartoons when like kids are allowed to be. Yeah, yeah, you know, it's kids. really beautiful. That like I really feel like they maintain their innocence in a really sweet way 
mm-hmm. when they start building them up as characters. They're sort of like ironic teenage detachitude. <laughs> also, like kind of still ties into that innocent yeah. sweet boyness yeah. in, a, in a way that is like a little truer to teenagers, maybe. And Hank, Hank, Hank always keeps keep, keeps that up a little bit, even though he has more reason to grow up faster than Dean does. Yeah. yeah. Oh yeah. man. Um, while this is happening, we're we still have Brock. Uh, Brock comes in on the the surgery room. Um, he's about to stab Hunter on the operating table, but the surgeon stops him and says, "You know, he left a note for you." Mm-hmm. Another Brendan Small voice. Yeah, but just uh, doing the voice of the Adelsons from uh, from yeah. home movies. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> just give you could give you a note here. <laughs> like it's it's nothing. It's literally just his foreign man voice. What the note for you? Yeah. <laughs> Uh, and the note says, you know, he got tired of the game and wanted out and Brock pulls back the sheet to stab him and sees that he has gotten breast implants. Mm-hmm. Um, he has had sexual reassignment, uh, surgery and this kind of breaks Brock's brain for a second so they can throw in a little Chinatown into yeah. their apocalypse mm-hmm. now. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know? Why not? Let's just mix those streams yeah. a little bit. Both are good movies. You know, it's yeah, fine. Let's just, uh, <laughs> combine incest with, uh, yeah, it's basically, yeah, I mean, yeah. that's no, I, uh, nobody's ever thinking about it that way. Yeah. It's, uh, yeah. that is a frustrating part about how queerness intersects with the normal world is okay. like, it's just funny how yeah. <laughs> cis people yeah. are so good at making those things intersect <laughs> like it's... that, the things they hate and then the other things they say they like. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but you know, of course. I not to make excuses or add that as might be the motto of shows like this um, mm-hmm. about stuff from that time. It was made mm-hmm. in like what? 2005? 2006. Mid-2000s, yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah. I mean, it's yeah. pretty old. It's a bummer to like, I looked up those guys' ages at some point and I think they were like late 20s, mid-late 20s. Something like that, uh, yeah. I think mid twenties, like they're like, roughly my age. Admittedly, I had a more compelling reason to get over my internalized homophobia than yeah. many, but like I was definitely done with that shit by that age. So it just kind of sucked. Yeah. I'm sure they feel bad in the way that I do about stuff that I have left out there floating around from 15 years ago. Yeah. So mm-hmm. I mean, I just recognize it's a reality of like making bad jokes in the past and yeah. being thoughtless. Um, but yeah. it's just really unfortunate shit. I yeah. mean, it doesn't add very much. Like yeah. it, it's not really even a joke about Chinatown. No, it's just like, what if somebody said something in a different situation with roughly the same cadence? Yeah. yeah. So in, in Chinatown, it's like, Oh, you're, you know, it's, it's her mother, it's her sister, it's her, her you know, something like that. Her mother, her sister, kind of getting at the yeah. the creepy twist of that of that movie yeah. here though you know brock says you know like what did you do to him that man you know that man was like a father to me and he says well you now you might need to think of him as your as your mother is what he says and then brock starts hitting him and that's when he starts doing the your father your mother your father yeah. your mother it's just it's kind of you know, like as far as like the movie references go it's just hat on a hat like just it's just yeah. a bad it's just a bad joke without getting into the baggage associated with the you know the references right yeah it's a bummer like i don't think it's like i forgot it was a chinatown reference until you made, brought it up and then mm-hmm. i was like oh yeah that movie um mm-hmm. so i wasn't even coming into it from that it's a bit of a bummer that they actually do like a good bit of dialogue for what it is 
and the doctor being like, that's your mother, especially because Brock says he was like a father to me, which is such a like narrative that trans people really experience of yeah, yeah. like, oh, this person I used to know is dead. Mm -hmm. And you're asking me to embrace this new person, whole cloth. Uh, and I have to bury all my feelings and all my desires person, uh, mm. which is that's such like a brief expression of that feeling. And I think like if you took out that stupid Chinatown joke, like he could still get upset at the doctor, still hit the doctor. The doctor could have still said like your mother, your father. It's for me, it's like that's kind of lame, but yeah. stuff yeah. like that doesn't pass my personal threshold. Um it would well, just, have been like a much as, more yeah. emotional <laughs> instead of being like a stupid movie reference. Yeah. Yeah. Just saying you, you think of, think of uh, her as your mother now, mm -hmm. I feel like would have been okay. Yeah. Within like an actually pretty good movie reference is the thing. Like I already yeah, said, yeah. I really mm -hmm. love the psychedelic stuff with Dean. I mean, like I don't, uh, Apocalypse Now is whatever. Like I'm not 24 anymore, so I don't care about <laughs> it. Uh, but I think the idea of setting a, having to literally flee to like a Mesopotamian temple, mm -hmm. uh, mm -hmm. to gender transition is an idea that probably resonates with a lot of people, <laughs> like yeah, whether yeah. it was. Like, I can certainly picture it that way. Yeah. Uh, like, that need to self-isolate to that degree in order to, like, obliterate one's past self. It's, mm -hmm. like, sort of, it's been something that's been on. Mm. So maybe I'm talking about it too much. But I think it is sort of, like, a way to view this uh, yeah. that redeems it a little bit. I mean... Yeah. Listen, like <laughs> in the grand scheme of transphobic stuff on TV in 2005, right? Yeah, top yeah. hundred. As unfortunate as it is to say, uh, so like it's if stuff like this for me. I always kind of just shrug and move on, unless it's mm. like really egregious and like hurting a real person who is alive. Like, yeah. it feels. I don't know. I it's. I'm just too old to get my ardor up about cartoons in that way. <laughs> yeah. You know? Yeah. Uh, yeah. But as cartoons relate to human beings, the end, do get very upset about that and you hear all about it. <laughs> yes. Mm -hmm. <laughs> uh, so it looks like Brock stabs, uh, stabs Hunter, but instead just kind of sinks his knife into the, uh, in, into the, into the bed. And then walks away, and we think, okay, he's accepted this. You know, he he has internalized the rule. You know, you don't kill women. Hunter's a woman now. Um, mm -hmm. You know, and so like, he has some sympathy, you know, as well. Yeah, just like, yeah. It's like, oh, like this, you know, this person who's very dear to me was doing something mm -hmm. kind of serious. They weren't trying to escape to sell state secrets and like, yeah, fuck over the organization. There's no reason for you me know? to, you know, for me to continue the mission because the mission was, you know, it it didn't account for all of the reality of this. Now, now I have yeah. new information. You know, I'm an agent. I have agency in this situation. And mm -hmm. they have to end on a punchline, so they have him come back and check Hunter's bottom. Uh, and he recoils and says, oh, I had to be sure. Uh, which, yeah. you know, gets so into some here's the thing. iffy stuff. This, like, <laughs> this is a... Uh, I, I wanted to save kind of most of my thoughts on this, or like 
for this little essay I have, but it is kind of like a very interesting. There's a great conclusion to this where Brock has made kind of like the, look, I want to use big words, but I'm not great at it. I believe it is the ontological conclusion that Hunter is a woman. Um, mm. And then, and he has accepted her as his mother. Mm -hmm. And then he decides to sexually violate her because the thought of her as his mother feels gross. <laughs> yeah. And that is like really foul uh, yeah. for everything I do. You, you know, like such like, an awful joke. It's like a Grand Theft Auto joke. <laughs> it's, it's, it's pretty bad also because it's a little bit like, okay, so does this actually like meet the criteria that is set up? Like, you know, this person technically in order to be considered a woman for the rule that we have, has to have a certain set of right. parts and so i need to like check to be sure you know wow, like if i'm cool. making the right decision to to you know not to kill her right i think you might be interested in what i have to say in a couple minutes yeah <laughs> <laughs> yeah maybe y'all don't need the 201 class <laughs> gets Bump into it uh, next time it gets into a certain you know it, like they, they they would not know this if they were making that error at the time but uh what's it Me medicalism right yeah, yeah I, I, I would not have known that Bio at truths. the time right right like yeah. as as faggy as i was in 2005 uh as, as simultaneously that and closeted as right. i was like it's i i existed very strange experience where i like experienced 90 percent of the world as a straight dude in some sense i he really fucking had that yeah. <laughs> before mm -hmm. i have to ask you to drop an edit as you guys mm -hmm. say because um there's a like a significant difference between being perceived by the world as a cis man and existing in the world as a cis man right. uh, and that's often a leap that people can't quite make but um you know there are like certain privileges that can come along with being a person who is like large bodied, able bodied, uh, so on and so on. So like, yeah. uh, I can totally, I can, I think that's why it's hard for me to get like, totally indignant and to consider people lost causes in that way that a lot of queer people will, uh, right. with mm -hmm. stuff like that, just because I'm like, yeah, I didn't fucking know a lot of shit. And yeah. every five years, like, oh, I knew, I didn't, I thought I knew everything then, mm -hmm. but now I know a lot more. Mm -hmm. So yeah, I try so. to like view, at least view it through that lens, even right. if I'm not like, if anybody gets mad, at well, that's their every, choice. Like that's media. Everybody's got a lot to learn, right? <laughs> yeah. Like, yeah. You know, it's a continuum and it's not really worth you know, if, if everybody's on like, you know, everybody's not on the path, right? Right. Like if you're on the path towards learning and you're trying to figure it out and you are further along that, uh, than someone else, you know, but they, you know, they, they eventually get there or they're putting in an effort or anything like that. Like, I'm not going to tell anybody that they owe them any grace, but for me, I think that it is, you know, my goal would be to have more people understand things and be more compassionate. Yeah. And to me, the, the pathway for that is like, hey, th that maybe sucks. Don't do that. Mm -hmm. You know, like if I knew these dudes and they were making the show and they, I I was me now, I'd be like, hey, this this is kind of shitty. Like, yeah, I you know, mean, don't do it's that. Just, yeah. You got to check your bros. I mean, it's a lot yeah. of stuff yeah. like that. 
or your sisses, depending <laughs> on uh, either way, your sis one way or the other. Um, it took me a long time to realize that when I was a bro. Uh, and then for a long time, I, did, I was too traumatized by the idea that I could. And now mm. I've looped around back to being a bro. Mm. Uh, and I believe that it is every bro's obligation to check their bros yeah. uh, about shit like that. Yeah. Uh, tell tell people you, they have spinach on their teeth. Like yes. if you are, yeah, exactly. If you're on the we, basketball uh... or the poker game or the <laughs> Apex Legends because um, it's COVID, just punch <laughs> them in the arm and be like, hey, man. What's up with that? Yeah. We uh, keep each other honest. <laughs> yeah. 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 There's very little episode left. Uh, the post credits doesn't really add very much. It's just uh, Maul trying to convince Brock to leave and, and Brock saying, no, you know, go team venture. Like he's with his family. Yes. Uh, very sweet. Uh, Rusty I is do, fine. I do love a good PP that he got so scared he peed his pants. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like, <laughs> oh, man. Probably like one of my top three jokes like just <laughs> g- generically not oh. in a specific show all <laughs> oh, <old> dependable <laughs> by like something so just like impotent like it's not even like plastic machete it's paper mache like yeah. it, so it just fell apart <laughs> as he was getting it's not even cosplay yeah. yeah and maul drives off and hank waves at her mournfully through the window he's grounded for attempted murder <laughs> yeah, <laughs> the uh, drugged attempted murder. Um, yeah, and this, that's the uh, that's the end of the episode. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, uh, I like this episode. I think it is it is funny. Somebody in the Slack was saying it feels like a season one episode, hmm. um, and I can kind of see that, especially like, with Molotov. Other... Yeah, Molotov is a character in the show that like they don't do very much yeah. with. Uh, you know, in kind of general, and doesn't really change. You know, so much. Um, but the I can kind of see uh, what the idea is um, in terms of, of the show, what they were going for. And the creators, when they talk about it, they talk about it being, you know, not totally having their footing. Yeah. You know, this being an, an early episode that they wrote. Mm-hmm. And I think that it, it doesn't, uh, it's not done any favors by being between Hate Floats and Escape to the House of Mummies. <laughs> um, you know, which is pretty ambitious uh, you know, pair of episodes in terms of what they do for the show itself. Um, but I still, you know, I still end up having a kind of warm spot for it. Yeah. Uh, and it is, there, there are more jokes in it than I remembered. Yeah. Uh, it is, it is a little funnier than I remembered it being. Brock stuff is good. And I love Hunter as a character. Hunter is always funny yeah. to me. I guess yeah. I had forgotten. This is her introduction. Uh, mm. that's cool. And is I, uh, my memory so spotty. I don't really remember what the show goes with her, but, I think it is a more interesting take if the character transitions in her first episode. I forgot that was, yeah, mm-hmm. just more food for thought. They cover a lot of yeah. ground with her. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Which is kind of also always the case or man, whatever. <laughs> Got that part. I was going to make a Dr. Girlfriend point, but uh. I just, there's enough of those or there's going to be enough of those on this show. You don't need mine <laughs> or I have a little bit in the upcoming thing. Yeah. Well, sp- speaking of upcoming things, right. uh, you know, we're, we're, we're kind of done with the episode, but if you, uh, Zoe, uh, this is traditionally way to ask if people had anything to, to plug or anything like that. Um, but you with a friend of the episode, when we were in the green room said that there was something you wanted to say, uh, kind of about this and, uh, we're going to give you the floor. All right. So just as a, as a bit of preamble, uh, like I was telling y'all before we started recording, um, when I 
decided to do this episode, I tried to look up any kind of like trans statement I could find academically or like a medium post or Tumblr or anything. And there just like isn't any, which is kind of a bummer because I hope to come prepared with uh, like at least one talking points outside of my own. Um, but since there is not one, I whipped something up real quick this morning <laughs> that hopefully scans and doesn't sound like it was written by a person with ADHD uh, in two hours, which is me and how long I spent on this. Because uh, uh, so without further ado, Hunter colon a statement. Uh, so the reason I wanted to do this episode, besides the jokes, was I felt this was like a good place to do a bit of trans community service. Because I'm a fag, this episode is a lot more like reality than the Dr. Girlfriend jokes. Especially for those of us who are not binary, not straight, are butch femme, hormonally transitioned much older, have a lot of body hair or not a lot enough, have higher deeper voices, or just about any of the dozens of arbitrarily bodily characteristics that round up to don't pass. Uh, because Dr. Girlfriend joke pivots is kind of predicated on this very straight conception of transness, which is like... What if an incredibly hot girl tricks me into being a homo, but I don't realize until the last possible second, as if they were Hansel and Gretel led guilelessly to the gingerbread bussy. <laughs> uh, and it could not be a straighter joke, except they also made her cis, like a cherry on top. So, you know... Whereas Hunter is just an obvious freak, which means, well, they still want to fuck her. Look, I'm on Grinder. I know how straight dudes do. Uh, but since she's a freak, she absolutely has to die at the end. <laughs> so in a way, Brock like realizes her core womanhood. No women, no children. That's what I kind of was saying earlier with the ontological bit. But then he can't resist his desire to confirm that this disgust that so unsettles him. And so he peeks under the seat, right? <laughs> like, had to be sure. Like, what? <laughs> oh, I thought I was turned on there for a second. Ha <laughs> ha, oops. Or like, I mean, you know, obviously, like, that's not what's going on in Brock's head. Right. But that is what that joke is, which is why it's so strange to talk about things, things because they're so abstract. Mm. Brock's actions cut to the core of a certain duality of integrating with cis society as a trans person. Brock acknowledges Hunter's femininity on a humanistic level, she is a woman, and he will not kill her because of that, but not on the physical. He has to know if she still has a dick. There's an element of withholding that a lot of cis people don't even realize they're doing with trans people, even with their trans friends. It's that weird cognitive dissonance where cis people can actually be quite loving and supportive without being get, able to get over the fact that there's something about the expression of transness that activates them. Brock's ultimate policing of Hunter's body as a conditional secondary physiological step to womanhood reminds me of how just often enough someone I know will check that with some kind of variant of, yeah, but you know, that dick of yours. Uh, when you're trans, you learn early and are reminded often how many secondary physical, physiological steps there are to access anything in life. Hunter's story, despite the knives and clandestine 
temples parallels real-world pains of transitioning coming out better than you might expect. It's just kind of funny to me that cis people are so adept at recreating these situations that starkly resemble trans people's realities, like Hunter or the bearded mamas in Japanese bars and Persona games or anything like that, only at the end of that bittersweet story of a late-in-life self-actualization, they bust a gut and go, that's the punchline. <laughs> <laughs> and that's the end <laughs> yeah uh yeah thank you thank you for that very well observed appreciate it um where can people find you online uh so thanks for giving me the space to you know speak for a couple of minutes i don't really do anything online except whatever i feel like doing uh so it's just kind of a lot of ra random writing and art projects and stuff uh which you can my twitter is zoe g miller so Z-O-E-G-M-I-L-L-E-R, uh, which is where I post most things. But it's like, I you know, I play video games, I guess. I stream Fallout New Vegas once a week mm. uh, with a lot of mods. I pretend to be a post-apocalyptic cat boy. I just finished <laughs> Old World Blues and mm. the like sort of final big conversation. And that was not spoiled to me, but Ooh, there must have oh, been nice. some kind of bug so yeah. I didn't get to flirt with my own redacted. Uh, <laughs> and it, and I'm very upset if this is the case, but I think it might be because I consoled on both the lesbian and the gay oh, yeah. kinks or traits onto myself. <laughs> like, cause like you can only take one, you know, cause it's locked to gender. So I just put the other one on there and I'm wondering if that just fucked it up. Anyway. <laughs> Old World uh, Blues, is that the one that James Urbaniak does a voice in? Yes. Okay. Yes. Yeah. I'm cool. so glad I brought it up for that point. Yes. He <laughs> plays exactly Nevisy Dr. Venture, uh, except a little robot. Uh, he's quite cute. Uh, <laughs> they, they're all like, some of them suck, but most of the doctors are just like robots with inferiority complexes. So it's very much like Venture Brothers kind of shtick, if anybody's ever interested in that. Um, and they straight up just do like a bunch of Venture lines. Uh, just to let you know that they love them. Anyway, you can find me on Twitter, Zoe G. Miller. I don't write stuff like I just read often. I mostly <laughs> write er some combination <laughs> of urban fantasy, catboy, melodrama, porn. <laughs> so gotcha. if you're interested in that or the video game Arknights, because <laughs> uh, that's pretty much all I tweet about. I stream Fallout. I write porno about sad cats, and I play Ark Knights and tweet about that. Mm. I have a really cute dog named Panza. Uh, mm. So if you need more cute dog pics in your life, I usually do that. Cool. A good follow. And you do. <laughs> uh, and that's a good name for a dog as well. Panza. Yeah. <laughs> um, her full name is Sancho Panza. Ooh. Oh, nice. I didn't name yeah. her. We, we adopted her very late in life, but she, Aww. she lives up to her name. Was she, she tilting good. at a puppy windmill? Essentially, wind yeah. Stop, stopping uh, I mean, you from tilting now. into That's puppy windmills. That's kind of how she moves. Uh, puppy windmill, yeah. <laughs> There's something there. She is as stalwart a companion as a dog can be. She's Aww. very Sancho Panza. She lives up to her name. Extremely good. Um, if you like us, if you like Cole and Gary, uh, you should support the show by heading on over to patreon.com slash duckfeedtv to get episodes early and join us on the Slack and get bonus shows. Mm -hmm. And you can also uh, leave us a rating or review on Apple Podcast or Podcast Addict or anywhere where you uh, hear podcasts. Anywhere you see the word review, just go ahead and tell them about yep. Orb. They'll, fi they'll find their yep. way here. Don't worry. <laughs> Knock down <laughs> Andy Daly's front door. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, um, I, I yeah. think that's everything. 
Yeah. Well, and uh, until next time. Give them the guppy bump. Team... Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> until oh, next time, give them the guppy bump. I didn't realize I was <laughs> cutting off your, your <laughs> catchphrase. I'm so sorry. No, it's fine. No, we, we can pivot. We, yeah. can, we can pivot to guppy advertisements at the end of this. I feel very, uh, no, it's lore. It's the people who are like, yeah. what's, the, what's the guppy bump? Yeah. People who, like the Venture Brothers, do not care for lore. It's fine. It's yeah. the but it's the ARG. Yeah. I, I'm trying to think of people like this show would necessarily like everything to guppy. Uh, everything to guppy is excellent. Yeah. And also go team go venture. Go team venture. <laughs> <laughs>